Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let me tell you one thing. The Cowboys won today. Dak Prescott is worth every penny. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Noticed on your Instagram account, at MichaelIrvin88, you attended a Mavs-Clippers game with Zeke and Dak. How is Dak? Dak is back. The Rich Eisen Show. Show. Earlier on the show. 12-year NBA veteran Rex Chapman. Still to come. Padre shortstop Jake Cronenworth. Plus, actress Emmanuel Shrieky, your phone calls, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Our number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. Just stroll down memory lane as the Lightning could uh, make the Stanley Cup final tonight with Montreal. And if that happens, the Nassau Coliseum closes down. I just revealed a lot of my own personal life of being at uh, my first concert ever was at the Nassau Coliseum. And uh, and phone lines are lit. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. You want to talk about the first concert you saw and where that was. Um, Rex Chapman just joined us. That was a great conversation. Jake Cronenworth of the San Diego Padres. He is as red hot a hitter as there is in Major League Baseball. And Emmanuel Shrieky, the actress uh, most known for her work on Entourage. She's in a a new film, Die in a Gunfight, that's available in select theaters on digital and on demand in July. She'll be joining us in hour number three. She's delightful. Um, And I have not spoken to this man in a very long time, but boy, have I really enjoyed his work on ESPN. Um, here's just a little sample. This was Mark Jones when Steph was going off just a few weeks ago. Remember he had nine threes? I, well, you remember this, TJ. It was against your Clippers. Yeah. I, I love this call. Get it. Prolific hands of Steph Curry in his bag, deep, like the fries are at the bottom. Steph Curry with another one. <laughs> like the fries are at the bottom, man. Like the fries at the bottom, deep in his bag. He's had some great calls. No doubt about it. Mark Jones from ESPN here on the Rich Eisen Show. How have you been, uh, Mark Jones? Oh, Rich, you know what? Step, step will make you lose your mind when you watch what he does sometimes. You know, stand up in your seat and you start turning around at people during the broadcast and realize that everyone around you is lost in the moment, too. It's uh, Those are great moments, man. And, uh, and Rich, you bring me back to a great time at ESPN back in the day, man, when... Uh, you know, we, it wasn't as big as as it was now with the campus and everything. Yes, right. you know, Carol used to sell those stale sandwiches down in the cafeteria. <laughs> well, it was a break room. It was a break room, Mark. It really wasn't a cafeteria. I, I remember it was like a there was like a vending machine or two and a, and a and a refrigerator that we all put stuff in and and a coffee machine. Like, and you know, there was a, and oddly enough, a racquetball court down the hall. You know, it was weird. Weird. Yeah. Yes. 
I know. Um, but I also remember, you know, you and I didn't cross paths too much because I think, you know, you were clocking out as I was clocking in for the overnight most of the time. Yeah, yeah right? that's, that's when we had the old, uh, that 2.30 a.m. show oh, yeah. that I used to do sometimes, and it would finish up a little after 3 a.m., and then you'd have to retake the endings for the re-air <laughs> that would run all throughout the next day, right? And now it's live. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mark. I-, I remember many times sitting there on the set just, just staring at the screen at 3 in the morning, watching the Angels and Mariners go into the 15th inning and just begging for someone to throw a strike. You know, just yeah. can somebody score a run? You know, that's yeah. literally what I was doing. Who who did you do uh, most of your sports centers with when you did that? Boy, I, I did some with a uh, bunch with Linda Cohn. I yes. um, had a couple with uh, Mike Tirico. Um, you know, I've, I've been through the gamut there. This is like, you know, for my first like eight years, um, I did a bunch of summer sports centers and mm. I don't think there was anybody I didn't do a sports center with. Bob Lee, Charlie Steiner, um, you know, I'm waiting for my gold watch, and I'm coming up on 31 years. <laughs> 31 oh. years, Mark Jones. 31 years. Wow. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. It's been 18 yeah. years since I did my my last sports center, and and it is it is just enjoyable to watch your you know enthusiasm and listen to it as well. Like you know, watching Curry do his thing and watching everybody do their thing and 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 then listening to you do it. And the NBA today. Um, how long did you do that show? Well, afternoon. I was on that for like eight years, from 1990 to 98, 99, pretty much, with, oh, you know, man. Jack Ramsey, God rest his soul, the Hall of Famer, and, you know, David Aldridge was part of our crew back then, and, uh, you know, we, we, we had some pretty pretty good guys uh, come through the show back in the day, back before the days of the, you know, the internet and, you know, all these other news sources, and... You know, every every week that was kind of your source for basketball news and moving and shaking and happening. And uh, it's interesting how the the business has evolved since that time. But that was a that was a fun show. I used to love the crew, and uh, you know, we we used to use interns on that show, which uh, which many people don't know. And you know, young people kind of still coming up in the business, uh, they'd be running teleprompter, and it was not unusual for an intern to put like the wrong page in there on their first show and <laughs> yeah. they would go from page one to page 14 and I'd be ad-libbing from there. Oh. Yeah. Your Ron Burgundy moment, hopefully not, yeah. you know, <laughs> Mark Jones here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. And then that was, you know, obviously Jordan uh, at his Zenith and his ascendancy and then his retirement, then his return and then his Zenith. I mean, that was, that was it pretty much that period of the 90s. I mean, what a time to have a, a daily NBA show when there really weren't many daily shows specifically to a sport back in that day either, Mark. You know? No, it was it was great to be a, a part of that uh, that Jordan era and um, to be able to track that and to be around it and, you know, to, to go to the different places to watch it happen. Um, man, the, the growth of the NBA... You know, even in that Jordan era to where it is now and how it continues to evolve with the new generation of stars that that keep taking the torch and moving it forward and keep running that race, it's been great. And, uh, you know, to see some of the young stars now in the game, you know, to see Devin Booker do his thing, to see Luka Doncic uh, do his thing, to see Trey Young set Milwaukee on fire the other night has, has been really riveting and compelling television. It's what makes the 
the sport great. And now that we have access to these guys a little bit more now as things return to normalcy, um, you know, the thing that makes the NBA and especially the playoffs, it's, it's heightened, is the, the intimacy between uh, what we actually see courtside and uh, the players. You know, there's, there's no helmets, there's no shoulder pads. You, you see and hear expressions and the communication between the players on the floor. It's, it's been fantastic to watch and to witness as, uh, as we move down towards the NBA Finals. Mark Jones here on the Rich Eisen Show, um, also uh, the voice of the Sacramento Kings when not calling games on ESPN right here on the Rich Eisen Show. You mentioned Trey Young, and we started this segment with you with your curry call that he's deep in his bag, like the fries at the bottom. Um, Young has got a deep bag, too, does he not? I mean, we're seeing that bag right now in a big way. How viable do you think the Atlanta Hawks are in these playoffs, Mark? I think they've got a great shot at at winning this series. I don't think anything they did in in Game 1 would be considered uh, by good fortune or luck or a fluke. Um, You know, Nate McMillan has put a premium since he took over in uh, March on taking care of the basketball and being two-way players. And those two things have really impacted that team, and they've got a solid foundation. And the guy that's really turned it around under Nate McMillan is Trey Young. He's learned to value the basketball and uh, learn how to manage games better, uh, learning how to and keep his teammates involved and, and still get his numbers and put up big numbers. And, you know, you look at the contributions that they've got from different players at different times uh, as they've gotten healthy from the time Nate took over um, to where they are now, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them win that series. It wouldn't be considered, you know, an upset in my eyes because they're they're a solidly built team, and Clint Capella gives them great rim presence at both ends as well. So they're in a good place. And of course, you know these NBA um, conference championships, and then 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 the finals themselves. The conversation is: is it such and such as time, right? And, you know, once upon a time, we were wondering, is it is it Jordan's time? Is it finally his time? And then finally it was. And then we were wondering if it was somebody else's time. And then Jordan made sure it was not that person's time. And then, you know, Hakeem had his time because Jordan wasn't there. And and then so on and so forth. It was LeBron's time finally. And the question I have for you is, is this Chris Paul's time? What do you think? You know what? I've, I've got a good feeling that it probably is. Um, although nobody told the Clippers last night, um, what we saw last night was just um, really impenetrable defense on the part of the Clippers. They they willed themselves to that because it wasn't a pretty game at the offensive end for either team. And uh, you know, Chris Paul had a tough time getting going. You know, coming out of protocols and being able to get his rhythm back. And you know, I I, I think that we'll see a better Chris Paul in the next outing in game four uh, tomorrow night, I think in being able to one free up Devin Booker a little bit more, uh, Chris Paul's uh, opportunities will, will flow a little bit better too. I think he started pressing at one point in the third quarter when uh, the Clippers went on that 21, three, one, one, and that was pretty much lights out, but um, he'll be a lot better. And Monty Williams has done a fantastic job uh, this year as has Ty Lue, you know, pressing buttons and pulling the right strings. And, you know, they're a team that's built for the future, too. And Chris Paul's impact, you know, even when he's not out there, the rest of the guys in that team, Booker in particular, doing Chris Paul-like things. So uh, I, I think this might be his year. 
I would be something else, wouldn't it? I mean, certainly if he gets past the Clippers too, um, of all teams, to get to that spot, and 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 that would, I mean, it's already cemented his place in 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 Springfield, you know. But uh, it it would be it would. Do you, where do you put him in the conversation of all time great point guards, Mark? Well, he he's got to be right up there on the Mount Rushmore with, um, you know, uh, Jason Kidd. Um, you know, uh, Isaiah Chris Paul's in that neighborhood. It's a, it's an elite block, and I think that you know when you look at Chris Paul, guys, his longevity is something that you really start looking at because the way he's been able to manage his body and take care of his health, and you know, going to his vegan diet in the last couple of years, uh, it's it's something that's sustainable, especially with his fit. And you know, he's going to have a decision. Phoenix is going to have a decision this year coming up, um, what they do with him contractually. And uh, I, I think he's got a lot of tread left on the tire. He's he's got yeah. a good, you know, two three years left at a high level. You know, everyone talks about LeBron and what he's doing at thirty six years old. Chris Paul right now is is right with him, and of course he does it a little bit more uh, 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 in a grounded way, uh, literally and figuratively. But uh, there's there's a ways for him to go in his race still. Mark Jones, uh, ESPN's Mark Jones here on the Rich Eisen Show. And the few minutes I have left with you, sir, let's go down memory lane. Story time, yeah. if you don't mind. <laughs> okay. um, you, you've called games, ca- cross paths with some incredible personalities, to say the least. Uh, give me your best Bill Walton story. You got one <laughs> for me, Mark? You know what? It's, 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 it's interesting. My, my, uh, I, I had one yesterday, Rich. It's wild mm. that you would ask me that, man. Fantastic. Because as I was walking to Staples Center across the way here uh, for the game last night. Uh, Bill and I, we've done so many funny things, both in studio and at games, covering games, and he's just wild, man. Like, Bill's in his own universe with his his perspective on the world and basketball during shows and in between, but I had a random thought about Bill as I went to Staples yesterday Walking down the tunnel, I remember doing games with him here and him saying, Mark, I need your help all the time because Bill, if you know him, has had, I think it's 18 different ankle surgeries. Yeah. And his ankles are virtually fused. So as you and I would walk upstairs or down hills, our ankles bend. His are fused almost at a 90 degree angle, right? <laughs> so he would need my help to go down the tunnel to walk down the tunnel. He'd rest his hand on my shoulder, and I would help him walk down the tunnel, and I'd always turn around and say, you good, partner? <laughs> He'd say, yeah, I'm good from here on in. And um, just, a, just a sweet soul of a guy and um, really, really a team player and wanted the best for, for everybody. That's, that was, that's my Bill Walton memory is just helping him up and down the tunnel no here kidding. at Staples Center. He's just, a... just the bond that we share during games. Yeah, I mean, I... Here's here's something, um, <clears throat> words that I never thought I would say, but uh, they're serious. He and I did a Katy Perry video together, uh, <laughs> Mark, <laughs> and he had his own metal chair with him because he's got to bring his own chair because it's his back. It's not just his right. ankles, right? It's his back, too. And, right. you know, uh, I gave him a lift back to his uh, hotel because it was just as the crow flies a couple of miles away, but because of Los Angeles traffic, it took about a half an hour. And um, I didn't know that when you take him, you have to take his chair too. Uh, and I put it in the back of my car, and it shattered my 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 rear windshield. And he insisted oh, on God. paying for it. He insisted. He sends me a check 
along with this note, thank you for the time and the car and my life, you know, all of that business. You're right. I, 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 I have not cashed that check. I will never cash that check. That isn't. <laughs> That's a great. Keeper. I, I yeah. love that guy. What about yeah. uh, what about Hubie? You got a good Hubie Brown story for me, Mark? James? You know what, um, Hubie? Uh, the, the the great Hubie Brown story that I remember him telling me—the one that's always stuck with me—is um, us sitting around in the hotel lobby at the Boston Harbor Hotel. <laughs> yes. After a game and. Uh, him telling me about his first time as a coach with the Milwaukee Bucks. And he's just coming from Duke, and it's his first year. They're in training camp, and it's training camp, and they're going two-a-days, and he's the young assistant. And Larry Costello, the head coach, tells him to go downstairs and tell Oscar, <laughs> right, tell Oscar yes. that, hey, he needs to get his butt up here because we're running today. And... He goes down there just frightened. He's jumping out of his skin because, you know, Oscar's this great player, Mr. Triple-Double, and he looks Oscar in the eye meekly and says, uh, Oscar Cook says, uh, to come on upstairs. <laughs> Turns around and runs back up. <laughs> and about two minutes before practice starts, Oscar walks in, and Hubie says, Jonesy, I just had this big exhale. Thank God that he heard me. <laughs> I love it. And every every words that we, you know, what we call uh, parts on the floor and you know, the, the painted area, right? I mean, like, he's, yeah. he's come up with the verbiage that we all use to describe the game, right? Yeah. 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 Hubie, Hubie's great that way. I mean, working with him has been a dream. It's been fantastic. And you learn so much. Sometimes, Rich, you know, you... You, you have to snap yourself out of um, just listening to him and remember, oh, hey, Mark, you got to document the game. Okay? Yes. <laughs> I love that. And uh, uh, what about Doris Burke calling games with her? I think she's fantastic. You guys are uh, a great listen. What's, uh, what's yeah. that been like for you, Mark? Doris is great, man. She's, she's another Hall of Famer I've had the pleasure to work with and a fantastic team player and a, a, a great soul that, that loves the game and, um, you know, over the years being able to, to be around her, to, to see what kind of person she is, has, has been one of the fantastic things. She's helped me a lot in, in, in my career. And, um, you know, when, when you work with somebody that you really enjoy, um, when you're not in front of the camera, it, it really helps. And to watch her prepare for games and to, um, you know, share information the way that we do, um, really helps our broadcast, and um, man, I, I've I've had the pleasure to work with some fantastic people. Doris is uh, so talented and loves the game, and uh, is so well respected. And uh, man, I'm just I'm just trying to catch all those papers, man. You know, <laughs> I bet. Last one for you, Mark. I appreciate the time you've given me, uh, near and dear to my heart. Stuart Scott, do you have a memory recollection? Um, he arrived when you were already there, um, and um, started on the deuce as we we called it yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Um, your your recollections crossing paths with him? Any stories uh, about him with him, Mark? Man, I remember Stu. The first time I actually met him was just briefly before he got to ESPN in Orlando, and you know, as as um as another young African American getting into the business, I just remember his wonderful energy. Hmm. And uh, I, I love the, you know, Stu and I used to talk 
about um, kind of our, our shared hip-hop vibe that, that we love being able to bring to highlights and bring to broadcasting, me on the play-by-play and the, the studio show, the NBA Today show, and him on, on SportsCenter, and um, sitting around at night and, and um, exchanging uh, expressions and talking about, uh, talking about culture and talking about trying to um, go uphill, frankly, Rich, a lot of times, um, getting people to understand uh, where we were coming from and uh, what the vibe was all about was was one of our common bonds. And, um, you know, I, I, I think about him all the time when I see how far in this business has come and how it's, how it's uh, transformed uh, as part of our overall American culture has been great. And I think about Stuart being a vital part of that and uh, just uh, how much fun he was to be around. You know, we, we get to be around some fantastic people in this business. And I, I think about Stu and how much he loves his girls and his daughters. And I know he's smiling on us right now because I think about him this time of the year because it's the NBA finals coming around, around the bend and how much he enjoyed this time of year and being him with, at him with him at the NBA finals, different times and, being able to hang out and have dinners and, and talk about our families, just uh, just a great guy that, that I miss right now. And I get a little choked up thinking about it. Me too, Mark. Uh, yeah. I think of him all the time this time of year. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. about him like, what would he think of Chris Paul? What would he think of what's going on with Ben Simmons? What would he think uh, of Kobe passing? What would he think yeah. of Jordan being there to induct Kobe in posthumously? What would he think about yeah. Kaepernick? What would he think about... Uh, everything that's going on in our lives. What we thought about uh, what was what happened to uh, and the murder of George Floyd, and and you know what uh, yeah. the NBA players dealing with in the bubble. I literally think of all that, and I also think of him with the calls like what you said, the fries at the bottom, deep in his bag. But like, literally, that <laughs> right. I thought he would have loved that line. That would have uh, been he would have sat there. Maybe he was sitting there and chuckling at it. Yeah. I'd be very honest yeah, with well, you, Mark. You know, yeah, I, I I still I still draw a lot of inspiration from Stu and. Uh, in those moments, I, I, I like to let it go the way probably he would too. So, yeah, you do. Great. I enjoy yeah. I enjoy uh, listening and and watching you. And let's do this more often. I think this is more time than we spoke when we were actually at ESPN together. So, let's do this again. <laughs> Rich, I'd love to. I'd love I'd love for you to have me. And thank you very much for having me on your show. You you do a fantastic job. You're one of the wonderful voices in our business. Thanks. And I I appreciate you. All Thanks. right. Enjoy Game Four. Mark? You got it. You take got care, it. man. You take care. Yeah. You bet. That's Mark Jones, everybody, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. I thought of Stu when he, yeah, you know. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back and uh, take your phone calls. Chris Paul spoke about what happened with him in COVID. We'll hit that. Oh. Coming up next, and more of your phone calls when we come back at 844-204-RICH. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Streaming right now on Netflix. Lawrence Fishburne here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. So is if you could name one sport that you would be most interested in, which would it be? The one I actually enjoy watching is uh, mixed martial arts. I enjoy <laughs> MMA because it's real drama. Uh-huh. Um, it's completely unpredictable. Um, you never know who's going to win. And these guys, it seems to me that they're you know, fighting for their lives. Have you gone to anyone? I've been to one event in Toronto, Canada, a couple hmm. of years back. Um, and it was the fight uh, with uh, John Jones and Gustafson. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was really, really exciting. It's brutal. It is. It is. Well, I mean, whenever there's a sport and the word submission is <laughs> part of its lexicon, <laughs> yes, Lawrence, you know, exactly. I mean, <laughs> submission and tap out and... You know, yeah. so have you been to any prize fights? Any? I have. I was at the fight that, um, uh, I was at that fight with um, Mike Tyson and Evander. Where he bit his ear off? Yes, I was at that fight. Um, I was at another fight. I was at a couple of Tyson fights. Well, you can't. Back in the hold day. on. We, we need to go back to the other <laughs> one. So your, what was your reaction when you saw what was going on? In well, the you know, it, it was, it was really odd um yes. it, it mike's behavior was a little erratic and it didn't match up with the guy that i had met many times in person mm -hmm. um and um it was a surprise to see it happen once and then to see it happen again yeah but but the 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 freakiest part and the most uh memorable part to me was what happened after the second time I was with uh, another actor friend of mine who you might know, Billy Zane. Sure. And uh, the second time happened, we got. I looked up and I and I saw a couple of marshals uh, coming from the exits, and I saw that they were closing the doors and they were getting ready to lock everybody in the stadium. So I grabbed Billy and said, "We're leaving. <laughs> we're leaving now." And we got out just in the nick of time. It was crazy that well, night in well, Vegas. Too bad for him you weren't on the set of Titanic on that for his character, <laughs> Lawrence. I might have been able to help him. Out. He could have helped him out. So they, did they? Did they explain what was going on to to those in the arena? That what the hell? I don't was, know because by the time they got to talking, right. me and Billy were out of the arena. <laughs> we were gone. I said, "Yo, we are leaving," and we and we, oh, we left. Oh man. Three years ago today, go to our YouTube page because for that interview, we also talked about Apocalypse Now, which he was in as a baby. Whew. Man, three years ago? Absolutely. That was three years ago today. Go to our archives. We got a lot of great stuff there. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here. Phone lines are lit. We're about to take your phone calls. Jake Cronenworth, can't wait to chat with this young man. And now we're number three with Emmanuel Shrieky as well. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show on Peacock and this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate. 
Let's go to the phone line, shall we? I love looking down and seeing six blinking lights at me. It means we're doing something right. It's not even football season. It means we're doing something right. How great, by the way, was that with Mark Jones? Wasn't that big, fun? Big, big fan. Right, yeah. I mean, like, again. Big, big fan. You know, Richard, I know we're getting to a call, but just to speak no, on what okay. Mark yeah. said about he and Stuart Scott kind of changing the vernacular of the way games and sports centers were called, it was, you know, I, I'd be in college and I would write my stories uh, covering our men's and women's basketball teams. Yes. Except back in those days in the early 90s, I would write the way I talked. So it was never running, it was running, you know, jumping. I use a lot of ellipses and I always work hip hop lyrics into it. And I remember the first story I wrote, our editors didn't understand what I wrote and they rewrote my entire story. And I remember our basketball coach caught me throwing papers, the the school paper in the trash. Like I went around to every stop on campus. I was so mad and I would dump these papers because I felt like they ruined my story. So I would wait. I wouldn't submit my stories until deadline. So, so they, they couldn't. So they could not so they couldn't do that. Change it, and then when Stewart and Mark Mark Jones and Stu were around, it was like that's it. Like you know, Mark Jones once said during a game, "Kicking the serious flavor." G and me and my boy Paul Zeiss looked at each other like, "Did he just say that on TV? Kicking right. the serious flavor?" Right. Like, right. So like, yeah, that for me, he and Stewart really kind of cemented the fact that I was I thought I was on to something by the way I was writing and I was just so happy to see those guys have that form to be able to talk the way we were talking and the way I was trying to write so well let me give you something yeah let me give you something I'm I'm gonna get emotional because I do love you man you're you you mean a lot and I'm serious when I say this (laughs) I'm not this is not a setup I know how I love setting you up and taking the middle (laughs) key and all this this is serious hearing you say this Mm mm-hmm because I had a front row seat to Stu Scott, as you know. Yeah. I had a front row seat to everything. His copy, his handwriting, his everything that he wrote, and his copy. He wrote exactly the way you just described the way you wrote. Yeah. With ellipses. He sometimes would put like 15 dots in a row. <laughs> and it would mess up his prompter because the 15 dots. Because they didn't ch- – they did not – Whoever was messing with your copy, mm-hmm. they might have they might have done that to start. I don't know because he predated my arrival. His copy was not to be touched. Yeah, and it was filled with gettings, not getting yeah. exactly what you just said. So you were onto something. I thought so. Be, well, and he no wonder you felt like you were being heard, and that he was echoing what you were doing because he was doing the same thing. He would have all of his ellipses. It would be all of these dots in Mm -hmm. between his copy. And I thought to myself, I don't know how he's reading it. Plus, he had eyesight problems to begin with. Yeah. Um, But and then he would write he would write his his uh, catchphrases in his own handwriting on his shot sheets the same way that he would say it on the air as the way he would type it in the screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So I'm thrilled to be able to bestow that to you years later that you were on to something. And he'd have done the same damn thing you did, which is throw those newspapers right out. <laughs> yeah, and then wait, and then figure out how to game the system, as opposed to, you know, trying to knock the door down, because you knew you'd be banging your head against a wall. Yeah, and you needed to do what you had to do to get across what you needed to get across, because it was more important to get that style out there. 
as opposed to fight whatever system might be preventing it from happening. How does that sound? Yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, this is pretty much it. One of my more favorite moments we've had here. That was cool. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's go to the phone lines here. Uh, Kathy in Philadelphia has been hanging on forever. What's up, Kathy? Hey, fellas. How's it going? Kathy. What's, up, Kathy? What's going on? What up? Uh, well, well, first, before I get to the reason my call, my first concert was Springsteen at the Garden, but my second concert was The Monkees at Westbury <laughs> Music Fair. Westbury so. Music Fair. The Monkees. Are words I have not heard in a long time. <laughs> so since we're doing the, the New York City versus uh, Long Island go. comparison. Sure. Uh, but the, the real reason for my call, Rich, um, happy birthday, by the way. Thank you very um, much. It's a, I, I wanted to say thank you um, for, for the reasons that go into your best that ever plaque. Um, yesterday, when you took real estate on the Pentacast to tell your son that you loved him on air, yeah. the world needs more of that. So thank you for that. And also, thank you for normalizing talking to your daughters about sports. Mm -hmm. I know your daughter's a little different because she has a rock star mom in the sports world. (laughs) But the fact that you normalize it with not just your your daughter, but with your sons, that this is something you all do together, again, something the world needs more of. So thank thank you, you Kathy. That that. is so nice, and I appreciate it. And uh, there's no, like... um broadside from you just you know, no, no jab no, from you like this is just just no. straight up straight up I was, I was we're waiting for it. it i was waiting i was gonna throw in like you know like like something like you know because because you know maybe like the east coast as yeah. opposed to you know east coast adjacent right. staten island as opposed to you know new jersey adjacent yes. i was thinking about okay. one of those there you go. no no it's okay let this be a nice call because it's kathy uh but that's uh, now i know everything's fine <laughs> now that I heard that. Okay. Take care of yourself, it, Kathy. Thanks for thanks saying guys. that. Appreciate it. Rich, I want to thank Kathy. She uh, photoshopped a picture of me and Goldie Hawn. Remember we had the Goldie yes. Hawn talk and she yeah. did it over the prices, right? Picture. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it was, I laughed level. out loud at that one. We so call that next thanks, level. Thank we you, call Kathy. That next level. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, okay. Let's go to who's been holding the longest. I like to do that first. Uh, Todd in California. What's up, Todd? Uh, not my first concert, but my most important concert. Okay, then. Go for it. Dating dating a young lady in college, 1988. Yep. And I break up with her because I'm a knucklehead. <laughs> to win her back, uh, Valentine's Day, 1989, I buy two tickets to a Chicago concert and invite her to go. Six months later, I asked her to marry me, and we just celebrated 31 years of marriage. Hey! That's a hard habit to break yes. right there. <laughs> Fantastic. That's awesome. All righty then. So at least one of us got something out of a Chicago concert. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks for the call, Todd. <laughs> that makes me feel all the warm and fuzzies. <laughs> Eisen Palooza. <laughs> that's a good that that's a good uh, Harbaugh. That's Jim Harbaugh. Uh, all right, John in Carlsbad, California. What's Carlsbad. up, John? Hey, Rich, I got a good one. Uh, Nineteen sixty-six. I was fourteen, and me and a friend in the neighborhood who grew up at the beach of Redondo, and I went out with one sister. He went out with the other. The mother and the boyfriend dropped us off at Dodger Stadium, and saw them behind a cage in the infield that was they had him like behind chain link fences who'd you see 
The Beatles. Oh, just what? the Beatles. <laughs> wow. Sorry about that. Left that part out. Buried the lead there. Yada, did you just yada, yada, yada the Beatles? Is that what he did? Yada, yada. Wow. It was just the Beatles. The Be- what was that like, the Beatles at Dodger Stadium in 1966? Well, it was. they were behind like a chain link fence. Sure. And I would say the sound system was probably like the speakers I had in college in my apartment, you know? But it didn't matter. Everybody screaming. I don't know if they could hear anything, but it was kind of fun to go. The Beatles in Dodger Stadium. Thanks for the call. Feller, by the way, Del Tufo, this is like Del Tufo takes a day off. We're talking about concerts, yeah, and right. Emmanuel Shrieky's on. And he's not here. And he's not here. That's a shame. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> what was your first concert that you went to, Feller? Uh, 311 and uh, Incubus. 311. 3-11, that's what I call for information back the in the day, right? Was that or is that that's 411? Yeah, what's the 411, son? Mary J. Blige. 311 in Incubus. Yep. Where was this? Uh, Long Beach. Long Beach, California. Yeah, I've never been to an Incubus concert. <laughs> Why are you laughing? No reason. <laughs> I I'm would not expect you to No reason. <laughs> Kelly in San Jose, California will take your phone call here. What's going on, Kelly? Hey, Rich. Thanks for taking my call and happy belated birthday Thank to you. you. Thanks for making the call. Uh, yeah, so um, I... I was born in 79, so I technically grew up on my parents' music of 50s and 60s, so technically my first concert was the Everly Brothers. Okay. However, yes. Uh, the first concert I went to that was current music at the time in my heyday uh, was I saw Young MC <laughs> open for Millie Vanilli. Oh, what? <laughs> okay, now here, follow-up oh. question. Here's my follow-up question. Did you ask for your money back eventually? <laughs> <laughs> So this was technically, this was, I think, a month before the whole scandal came out. I was 11 years old at the time. You know, they sounded great. They sounded just like <laughs> yeah, their album. They, did. you know, they didn't stray from That's recordings odd. or anything. Very and well produced. The thing that I remember about that concert was I couldn't believe that they had faked their singing because they, were, they pulled people out of the audience. I mean, now you know that they were planted in the audience, but it was just kind of like, oh, that girl got pulled up on stage. I, I'm so jealous of everything. It was all wow. a fake, right? It was all a fake. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, my. But you were 11, so what do you know? What do you right. know? I didn't care. The music sounded great at Mill- the time. And then my heart was broken a month later. <laughs> How was young MC? Just bust the move. Uh, he was great. Uh, you know, I remember Bust a Move, but I remember, uh, I don't remember the exact title of the song, but I think it was like something along the fastest, fastest rap or something like that. Okay. So I was kind of blown away just hearing him do that, how fast he was able to, to, to spit out those lyrics. Fantastic. Thanks for the call. Great, 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 uh, great chat right there. <laughs> Millie Vanilli. Wow. What a fraud what a scam i mean it? they didn't sing at all or damn. no they lip synced the whole thing but it wasn't even them either but right it was it? it was uh, it was two yeah right other, yeah they were other people. singers that they, they were just yeah, the yeah. singing, right so to speak yeah they were correct just, right yeah. it wasn't I, again i'm not you know mr behind the music here <laughs> but right didn't yeah, they, yeah, they lip synced other, other people, people singing yeah so they were the they were the faces of the music. They had other people sing, exactly. and then Millie Vanilli put on the performance. I don't remember. They literally were they'd be in concert and plant the people that they would call up. I've never heard that. I've never heard but that one. It but makes sense. Yeah. Those are the twins, right, with the long hair. Just, well, they weren't twins. They weren't actually but, twins, but yes. Did they sell that they were twins too? 
Like that was this. I all know. Made I, they, up? they were just Robin Fab. They were Millie Vanilli. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Millie Vanilli. Girl, you know it, girl. Oh, God. Let's be careful. It'll be one of those things where we're going to plant this in people's heads. Just to cleanse it out. Would you play Frozen, please? No. Stop. By the way, I love how you swear that your son will never listen to Frozen. We'll never see that's Frozen. A, that's a false falsehood. Because one day, one day, somebody's going to get a Christmas present. <laughs> and it's going to be wrapped. And it's going to be put into... A Tupperware inside the Tupperware <laughs> will be frozen. And it's going to be great because it's going to be Stop it. a cartoon Stop and he's going to be, what's this dad? And it's going to be an, uh, an Uncle Rich, if I'm so lucky sure. to be called sure, as course. such. Uncle Rich is going to tell Cage, this is the greatest, greatest soundtrack Stop. in the history of animated film. And I'll say it in a way that he'll totally want to see it. And it's going to be great. It's going to be lit. And it's going to be my ultimate revenge. And it is a caper that I'm planning like my own personal Lufthansa heist right now. Except my bit I is am funny. The Maury, the Nothing man. about this is funny. I am going to, I might even, I might even just get a toupee and jump backwards in a pool just to, just to connect the dots with Maury, the wig man. <laughs> Oh, that's going to be And I'm great. not going to be happy banging against the shower while I will be crying in the shower. <laughs> well done. I'm enjoying all Thank of you. this. Thank you. All right, we'll take a break. More phone calls. And then when we come back, uh, there is news breaking in the NBA. And what did Chris Paul say when he was asked about his bout or stint with COVID? Back with that before Jake Cronenworth of the Padres joins us. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What nickname are you most proud of that you did? Oh, man. By the way, I knew that's when I arrived, is when you called me Betty uh, Davis. Rich Betty Davis Betty Eisen. Davis Eisen. And, and you, you also went Rich Kaleidoscope Eisen. Well, you, you, you did that could, too. We could definitely go a lot of ways with that. Betty Davis, Kaleidoscope. 
Lucy in the Sky with Eyes and You also no, gave me that yeah, one. Once, once you're on a roll, yeah. maybe a beer in, then they, <laughs> then they start coming. Um, the thing about the nicknames, and I know we talked about it, is they never, this is revisionist history, when people were, well, he really wanted to do this to be famous. Garbage. I did it because it was 2.30 in the morning and it said Seattle 5, Kansas City 2 with no pictures for a minute. Yeah, right. You got to go with something. <laughs> right. So here's Julio, won't you let me take you on a seat cruise, had three doubles for the Mariners. Okay, so it's just, it came out, it worked. It, we, we, that's not the question you asked me. The ones that work the best are the ones that, they're all plays on names, none are derogatory. But you don't have to eat it. So Bert be home. Bly Levin. Right, okay. that's a good one. So, well, you don't have to know he's a pitcher. You don't have to know he throws a curveball. Right. You don't have to know anything. Right. Every kid's heard it. Every parent said it. You don't even have to be a baseball fan to get that. So, a lot of them are foods. Some of them are, I mean, John, tonight, let it be Lowenstein. That's I mean, um, there. I mean, there's Jose, can you see Cruz? O to B. Young again, McDowell. That was I mean, there was Jim two silhouettes on Deshays. I mean, that's music. Joe actual retail Joe price. price. I mean, there's just it's it a, but a it, great it's it, but there's it's a game everyone can play, you know. And then then yeah. with football, you go over to high only under highlights, and you know. Eric sleeping with Bianca. That's, that's my favorite. Uh, that's one, I think, Eric right? sleeping Eric with Bianca or um, Bernard innocent until proven until guilty. proven guilty. That's Everybody my has their, their favorite. Andre Bad Moon rising. Well, that was next. <laughs> well, he tattooed Bad Moon right here. On, uh, pre-tattoo the, days, Andre's great. On, buddy the left, mine. on the left bicep. No, no way he knew who Creedence Clearwater Revival was. <laughs> no way. But Bad Moon rising, you know. There's what? tons of them. Love, love, love Chris Berman. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for all of that. Uh, at Rich Eisen Show on YouTube and also Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and The Rich Eisen Show. I'm not going to say the. <laughs> on TikTok. On TikTok. TikTok. I downloaded Zan, that Zan, app When Zan comes back from camp, he'll start making some TikToks for us. Let's do it. Better than you. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not doing TikTok dances. I, you, you can know, do the Millie Vanilli, Vanilli dance. They yeah, do the Millie Vanilli dance. We'll this is your first back. one. Yeah. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number to dial. Um, here on the program, I can't wait to chat chat with Jake Cronenworth of the San Diego Padres. Your boy. Uh, <laughs> San Diego's boy now, sir. San Diego's boy. Man, what now. a fun team the Padres they are. are, man. They are. But they're they and the Dodgers four and a half behind the uh, the San Francisco Giants. Nobody's talking about. Who, by the way, San, <laughs> the Giants versus Otani the other day was just fun. You know, Otani's next start is against the Yankees in New York. Really? Oh God! I mean, Otani starting against the Yankees in New York will just light up every single major media market. Red Sox Yankees tonight. Here we go. I think Otani. I think Otani's taking on the Yankees next. At any rate, long story short. Um, is I that, can't was, wait to chat. Is that our Daily Otani segment? That was it. That's our Daily Otani segment. Um, Emmanuel Shrieky and Jake Cronenworth joining us in hour oh, number three. Shout out to Kyle Schwarber, who just keeps dropping He keeps bombs. cranking them out. I picked him up in fantasy immediately two, two home, home runs, runs yesterday. I know. He's a swinging fire hydrant. Jeez. It's like if a, if a fire hydrant had arms and could swing it back, <laughs> it's, Kyle, it's Kyle Schwarber. So true. Honestly, he looks like a fire hydrant. He's hit like a dozen home runs it. in the last two weeks. Unreal. Unreal. But Cronenworth's got five in the last eight games. Man. Yeah. 
So, uh, at any rate, um, Jason Kidd has been named the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. It is official. We talked about it as it was about to happen with uh, Rex Chapman. He says it's going to be great. And he thinks that absolutely Luka gave the Doncic check mark to it. So. Rich, you would think after seeing what's happening in Green Bay, all teams would run any type of move past their star. Right. <laughs> One would think. You would think so. One would think. Now, uh, Chris Paul returned last night, and we heard nothing. Did he have it? Was he vaccinated? What was going on? Did he Was he a close contact? Was he just in deep in protocol? Did he have any sort of symptoms? What's going on? This was his response. How did you find out? You, have you been racking your brain wondering how could it happen? Um, they reported that you were vaccinated, so obviously it's very- uh, I was laying in bed with my kids and got a text from Brady. You know what I mean? And so then you go in the... Um, you know, it is what it is, you know, dealt with it. Um, anybody with kids, anytime you're going through something, the hardest part is being away from your kids and your family, you know. So uh, once you get over the shock of what's happening, to hell with how and why, you know, you just start, you know, figuring out how you can how you can get better. Like I said, I got the best team in the world you could possibly have, and I'm here and grateful. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I would just love to know the how and why. Certainly, since these days, people are getting you know. But it's own. It's his own personal. It's his own personal choice, and I'm yes, glad so. that he's back. So and many questions. I do. I have so many questions yeah. about it. Thank God, you know, we're all vaccinated here. I read somewhere that uh, 99.7% of the COVID deaths in the United States right now suffered by unvaccinated people. Please get your shot, people. And it's not perfect, so be careful still. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Uh, let's go back. Everyone wants to call in about their first concert. Again, my first, my first concert was in Nassau Coliseum, which may be closing down tonight. Or we'll see one last run with the Stanley Cup final. It'll be like the 1970s all over again with Montreal versus the Islanders. Uh, Bill in Portland, Oregon, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Bill? Hey, Rich. Uh, how's your plantar fasciitis doing? Oh, good. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Uh, it's, I've, I've worked through it. I've worked through it. I'm, I'm the still... one with the frozen golf balls. I know that. Yeah. I remember that. I appreciate yeah. that. I'm working through it, so thank you. Well, it, it wasn't a concert necessarily, but um, I had the privilege of meeting just about every outfit that came out of uh, England in 1964, including the Beatles up in Liverpool before uh, Ringo even showed up. So you watch. I was stationed there in the Air Force, and I got to see him and the Animals and the Rolling Stones and Dave Clark and you name them. I got to meet every one of them before I came back to the states. Bill, so you're saying. Uh... Two things. One, your first concert was seeing the Pete Best drummed Beatles. Is that what you're saying? Pete Best was the drummer? This is pre well, my, my, uh The Beatles, when they were playing in Liverpool, when they first got right. started. Yeah. My gosh. And so you were part of the British invasion as well, is what you're oh, saying. Oh, I was. Yeah, I was stationed over there. Uh, Damn. 63 through 65 in the Air Force. And I got they played all of our uh, airmen's clubs over there before they even came to the States. That. I sat at the same table with the with the uh, Dave Clark Five and and uh, the animals and people like that. They sit at our tables while they were doing our uh, our uh, Airmen's clubs. Wow, 
That is an yeah, amazing it, it story. Was a blast. Thank it was you. a blast. I, I just listen to people, you know, they see the Rolling Stones and all those people when they get over here, and I get to thinking to myself, yeah, I got to meet them before anybody else did. <laughs> Bill, thanks for the call. That is an amazing story. That is an amazing story. Bruce in Kentucky, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Bruce? Hey, Rich. I just want to touch base with you on uh, the Chicago. My very first concert was was Chicago at Freedom Hall in 1971. Freedom Hall. Now, what was they, that? They, Chicago in 1971 must have been something to see. Big time. Oh, I, I, I've loved Chicago uh ever since the very early 70s. And then I uh, migrated to uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears yes. and uh, Grand Funk Railroad. Uh-huh. Now, uh, I-, I mandated ask because the last caller called about Chicago, and my story involved uh, a young lady or uh, yeah. a, a, a date. <laughs> was yours as well in Freedom Hall back in 71 in Chicago? No, this this was... Uh, uh, th- th- this was... Uh, Sex, drugs, and alcohol era. Uh, <laughs> era. Uh, <laughs> Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose, says uh, Bruce in Kentucky. Go. I lost it about uh, eight months later when I was drafted. So, <laughs> mm, Man, thank you for the call, and then Bruce. And became the Rolling Stones. We got to get out of this place. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks for the call, Bruce. That's fun stuff right there with Bruce in Kentucky. Eisenpalooza. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Uh, Tootie in Oregon. We haven't spoken to Tootie in like forever in a day. Where have you been, Tootie? Tootie. Oh, I'm still here hanging on. Okay, what's going on? Well, um, first of all, we share a birthday, so I can never forget yours. Happy birthday. So happy birthday, birthday Tootie. Happy birthday. Same to you. You always have great guests. Mm, thanks. Uh, in answer to your question today, when I was a teenager... We didn't see as many, uh, We, you know, you got records, but you didn't really see as many people on TV. My first concert was The Doors. And Jim Morrison, for a teenage girl, was quite the impression, the <laughs> revelation, and never the same afterwards. I imagine so. All right, all right, all right. Thanks for the call, Tootie. Appreciate it. There you go. Thanks, Tootie. All right, so we've gotten a Beatles in Dodger Stadium, a Beatles in Liverpool. We've gotten a, a Doors. Yeah, I was Chicago in Nassau Coliseum. Yeah. No slouch. And uh, Mr. Incubus over there <laughs> at the drops. Wait, where in Long Beach? The convention center or something? I don't remember. I was in eighth grade. <laughs> All right. Eighth grade? Yeah. Seeing Incubus in eighth grade. Who yep. took you? Uh... Babysitter live next door. <laughs> Adventures and babysitting. Wait, did she want to go to the concert and just dragged you along? Or yeah, she. Yeah, we ended up dating ten years later. <laughs> <laughs> Adventures and fellas. And once again, I feel like Del Tupo. With this is crazy like story. This is like some Cinemax movie. This is the start of a Cinemax movie. <laughs> My babysitter was Shannon Tweed. <laughs> Yeah, we dated 10 years later. That's no big deal. I told Shannon. <laughs> Porky's four. I asked mom, are you going out this this Saturday? Because I'd love to see Shannon at the Incubus concert. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what, what the hell? Oh, baby. 
See, that's why I stay quiet Damn. most of the time. <laughs> no, you really oh, shouldn't. You got you to you okay. tell us this stuff. Talk Let's sneak more. in one more phone call here. Andy in Clearwater, Florida. What's up, Andy? Hey, Rich. I uh, love you guys. Uh, happy Thanks. belated. Thank you. First rap concert I ever went to somewhere in Cincinnati, circa 92, late 92, early 93. Opening act. Uh, it was like in a gymnasium. It wasn't even like River Coliseum or anything like that. It was in too deep, too pock, and too short. And after uh, Tupac set, um, me and my buddy are about fifth row, and all of a sudden comes flying through this guy, blasts right between the two of us, turns around, puts his hand on my shoulder, and says, sorry, bro. It was Tupac with his red bandana on, kicking it. Uh, one of the coolest things ever in uh, you know, wow. never forget that 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 time. Uh, you know what a great experience. I think we were probably the only two white dudes in the whole <laughs> arena, aside from the opening act in Too Deep. Back to the hotel. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back hey, to the hotel. Del, Del Tufo should name his boat "My Days Off." D A Z E. Oh, <laughs> wow. And the swashbuckler is Bucko Bruce. Okay. The Bucko Bruce for the helmet. Love okay. you guys. Right back at you. Thank hey, you. Andy. My days, D-A-Z-E, off. He's never going to name never his gonna boat. He's never going to be his name. He's never going to no, name no, his no, boat. No, no, he's, he's going to name his boat. He would never name it that because it, 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 it shows you. It makes fun of himself. But, but he, his point is that he doesn't take days off. Yeah, he's working somewhere else. That's what he said. I don't have everything ready. So he's not off. Technically, right. He's still working. Like today, right. he's just working for someone else. So he, he would have a problem with what Andy said. But from our right. point of view, it's total perfect. slacker. Total, yeah, total, <laughs> total slacker from like, our point of view. I told him that yesterday, Rich. I was like, "You're not here." He goes, "I'm working somewhere else." I'm like, "Yeah, but we don't care about that other place. Yeah, we don't care about that. We're, we're talking about here." Long before there was Otani, you know who there was? Babe Jake Ruth? Cronenworth, oh. the man who <laughs> helped with his bat. And the man who closed out from the mound, Michigan's Big Ten Championship in 2019, joining us next.